Welcome to Around the Bar, the podcast series where we talk about the law, life, culture, and hopefully have some fun. I'm your host, Ramesh Raghun. All right, man. So welcome to Around the Bar. Uh, Before we get started, I want to say this has been kind of a a, kind of a dream of mine, a pipe dream of mine to have one of these. I've been super into podcasts, you know. And uh, before we even get started, I want to say thank you to the marketing team for putting all of this together. You guys did a lot of work and a lot of the production and a lot of the meetings that we came about to kind of get this thing executed. So that that was a lot. you know, while we're here, Ben, it's really important that you were my first guest. And uh, I'm very for, honored for a number of number of reasons. Right. Um, we've been friends for, I don't know, over 30 something years. And uh, what I was going to ask you was, hey, tell us a little bit about you. You're growing, where you're from, how you got here the whole night. Oh, well, right. We met in high school. Uh, I've been in Houston since. 1988. Now, you have a little interesting backstory, so you might want to tell them that. So, uh, my dad is a petroleum engineer, Mm -hmm. and uh, I spent the first 12 years of my life in Indonesia. So, um, he was working for a company based out of Houston, and we lived in Borneo for six years on the uh, east coast of Borneo, a town called Balipapan, and then we moved to Jakarta. Okay. And spent the last five and a half and change in Jakarta there in the early to mid eighties, and so um, yeah, and then came back to Houston and uh, basically been here. It's been home base ever since. <laughs> been right? here ever since. So. Now I do think we have a funny story that we do owe the audience to to let them know. Now we were friends in high school, right? We yes. were friends, but our us becoming best friends kind of happened. At the tail end of high school, and yes. there's a very funny story that got us there, and it's actually been kind of the catapult of our entire friendship ever since. Yeah, well, right. I mean, we obviously spent most of the four years interacting in various capacities uh, yes. there at school, but then there we spent the last spent last part of senior year in the same pre-cal class. <laughs> yes, of which uh, I struggled mightily. <laughs> And I happened to fail my pre-cal final in May of 1994, which was an impediment to my graduation. (laughs) And so, luckily, back then, the teacher, having a soft spot in his heart for me, said that I could take it again. Yeah, the conditional final. The conditional final, The the, the famous conditional final. Yes, uh, because really, right, they don't really want anybody not to. (laughs) So anyway, the night before, I was like, I can't, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. So I called you up and I said, Rama, listen, buddy. Yeah. Here's the deal. (laughs) And so... uh, so, right, you came over, and uh, I think we, we ordered pizza. No, 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 we played no, we played Madden we played, and NBA we played, Jam. Well, yeah. <laughs> we played NBA, we played NBA Jam Jams for, and Madden on the Sega uh, for, for, for a little bit. And then... Um, then we got to business. Yeah, and you, you successfully crammed a semester's worth of pre-cal 
into my head in, in one night. Which is amazing considering how poor I am at math. <laughs> and as a lawyer, here I am sitting as well, a lawyer. Right in the, uh, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, happy ending. We took the final and, oh and passed. And we graduated. So was able to was able to graduate. Yeah, we graduated. And you know, I look back at the time at Jesuit and like, you know, I know we've talked about this plenty, but you know, never in a forum like this. We never really had a true understanding of how awesome that environment was for us. Yes. I always tell people that I feel like I left Jesuit educated. Everything that happened after that, I was already educated enough to do it almost anything, or at least have a, a general liberal arts Understanding. understanding of the world and and it's funny you say that on. because you know catholic institutions get a hard rap right for being you know very homogeneous right and not being success accessible to the outside world right and yes. like when you think about it man they did a great job of preparing us you know yeah definitely making us men like you're right when i went to college i felt that i had a much better understanding of, of things in the world but again, I, my appreciation for that school has only continues to grow as I get older. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. When you're 15, 16, 17 years old, you don't appreciate what's happening to you yes. in the moment, right? Absolutely. Um, 30 years later, looking back, it's like, holy smokes. I mean, that was a hell of, a, yeah. a hell of an education. And then there's the other intangibles to it, which now as us as parents, right, we have this understanding of kind of what our parents were thinking also by, look, if it wasn't for Jesuit, we wouldn't be friends. Our families are friends. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, to the point that your brothers and sisters, my sister, like we're all friends. Yes. And we all come from that community, which was, which was pretty amazing. I don't think we really thought about it much at the time, but it was a, it was a very reflective class of Houston, right? I yes. mean, you had guys from all different types of backgrounds, Background. uh, you know, all different ethnicities, and then also, right, from geographically all over town. Yeah. I mean, we had cats from Sugarland Kingwood. To, to Kingwood to, to the Woodlands, Woodlands yeah. To, right? I mean, so we had people coming in from, from all over the sort of metro area. So and, you know, uh, real quick on this one, too, all boys, high school, you want, you want to know something? I don't feel like I missed out. Like when I go to college no. and now when I look back and I look back at high school, it means nothing to me that we went to an all boys high school. No, I think it actually, me personally looking back, I'm always like, man, I think that was, for me, that was the right. I, I could not agree more on a personal level as well. I think. Because, right, I mean, I was much more, I think you're, you remove that aspect and now you're. Dudes can just be, be dudes, dudes, basically. Yes, yes. Uh, and there's, you're, you're taking away something that, obviously, we had the old girls' high school next door across the parking lot. Which did not hurt. Which <laughs> didn't hurt. But it was, it was a, you were able to have a more, I think, right, a more direct and authentic interaction with the other guys in your class uh, by removing the competition, let's say, of, for girls. Of, of girls' attention and stuff like that, right? Now yeah. it's just, you're just there going to school. Especially on a granular level, right? It's like, especially when you're in class and you're not, you're, you know what I'm saying? You're in class mm. with all, for the yeah. majority of it. Now, now, both schools did a good job of integrating. We didn't miss that social train, right? Because right. We, you have to have that interaction. Yeah. So I yeah. think the schools did a pretty, pretty good job. No, I that. think for sure. I look back very fondly. I do too. I do too. You're still active with the school at all? Yeah. I mean, 
in and out, right? I mean, yeah. up and down. I mean, it's sort of... Um, You're looking to send the boys there for sure. If they want to go, yeah. If they right? I, I'm, not a, I'm not one of these sort of hardcore, this yeah. is where I went. You, this, is this is where, where you, you have to, to go. go. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think they'll probably want to. Yeah. Um, but again, right? It's like... I, I, yeah. I, I, I see that. And I see that's fair. And then, you know, here's another thing. On each individual kid, the school may not be that right for that kid, right? Yeah, you never know. But I think the good thing about Jesuit, and as as far as I know, I mean, I have nephews that have gone since we left. Yeah, and graduated. And, and graduated. I think the spirit that, that we liked so much when we were there is still there where you had all different types. Yeah. Right? Of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and there was Definitely. something, I feel like there was something there for everybody, right? Yeah. Like if you wanted to play sports, play sports now granted back then we weren't very good <laughs> we but, <were> okay <laughs> but, you know okay. like we had ups and downs in yeah. different sports but if you wanted to act then you could be you in the acting drama, drama, uh, drama club or yeah. whatever right and then there was the debate team. debate there was everything it was whatever you wanted to do or were interested in there was probably a couple other people there that you could and you got good instruction i felt oh, like yeah. you got good instruction no, we no, we always make fun of all the coaches and stuff like that that we have. But you got we had great instruction, and yeah, I took a I take a lot from it, and I think that uh, my my fondness will only continue to grow. Yeah. So now we finished Jesuit. Yes. And moving down with you a little bit. <laughs> now I happened to be there that day when you decided to join the army. That's right. Yeah. We so, were at the mall together. I went yeah. and got an Aunt Annie's pretzel and you went and signed your <laughs> life away. <laughs> 1999, I yes. think. Uh, at Memorial City Mall. I was a um, second year law student back in for either Christmas break or summer break. Some break. Yeah. So I had, right, I kind of did it a backwards way in where I actually ended up, right, I went to school. Yeah. I went to college and I graduated um, and it had been percolating in the back of my brain for yeah. quite a few years, right? Because yes. I was like, man, yeah, I'm at school, but I'm like, I don't really have a burning desire for any vocation. Yeah, nothing's calling you. Nothing's yet. calling, right? Yeah. So so I ended up, right, I, I, I graduated, I came back to Houston, and the, I just kept coming back to the fact that, like, man, I want, I want something, I want a challenge, I want to mm-hmm. test my, right? Resolve. Well, yeah, just sort of see what it's like. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, I, I uh, and it helps that I had two older brothers that had over, you know, joined. And one. did you feel a desire to serve your country was any part yes, of that? Yes, no, for sure. I think that was part of it was, you know, I mean, uh, was serve. Yes, it was important to serve. And then it was important to sort of see if I could do it at a, at a level that made sense. Right. Uh-huh. So. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I walked into the recruiter there at Memorial City. And you signed off. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to be an Airborne Ranger. Yeah. And so, lo and, behold. lo and behold, they they gave me the contract, signed my name, went through all that process. And then, yeah, August of 99, I went downtown and stayed the night at a hotel that I don't think is still there. If yeah. it is, you, I don't know. It's a good idea these days. But uh, it was pretty shady back then. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and then got on a plane and went to Fort Bend, Georgia. Because most of the people that, from what my understanding is, is that people who join the Army or join the, join, the, join the services, they say they're either running away from a problem, have an overburning desire to serve the country, or 
they broke up with their girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it might have been a, a mix of all three. <laughs> it right? might have been a mix of all three. So tell me your your experience. Give me sum up your experience for me in a little bit. Your military experience. So, all right. So, like I said, I had an Airborne Ranger contract, which means that I was guaranteed a at least the opportunity to to uh, try out. To try out, right? Mm-hmm. So that meant that I went to basic training. Then I went to infantry training. Okay. Then I went to... Uh, Is that where you teach you how to shoot the gun? Yeah, that's, that's just right. Your basic infantry, you know, so you have you have basic Pack, and then, the yeah, whole the whole bit, right? Just okay. how to be in the army. And then... Um, Was that an adjustment period for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean... I mean, you're a college you're, grad you're, and you're yeah. yelled at, right? Well, I mean, but, you know, that's sort of what I signed up for, right? Yeah. And so yeah. Um, that's where, you know, that initial... You know, where where guys are like, oh my gosh, I, what did I do? Yeah, right. Like, it's it it gets real real fast. And, what, is and, there a big fallout rate at that point? Uh, no, you can't. Not really, because once, like, especially in basic, yeah. like you're not. They've got you, <laughs> okay. right? And and you ain't leaving unless they decide that man, you're either oh, medically you. <laughs> unfit or that you're you're psychologically unfit. Like, okay. I mean, and I, I mean, you could see. You get a front row seat to all sorts of stuff, and and you can see um, guys start to to crack or whatever, just because it's so different and it's so uh, there's so much of a fish out of water, and like it has, you know. Now, granted, this is twenty plus years ago at this, but point, I would be, but, think the same tropes apply. Yeah, I think so. I, but you know, so and I'm sure it's 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 probably changed a little bit, but it, yeah. I mean, the basic shell shock factor of you were playing Nintendo one day, and now somebody's <laughs> in your face telling you that you're, you know, whatever, worthless. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, there's this psychological disconnect there where it's 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 hard to to kind of and your, adjust, right? And your creature comforts are changed. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you're being you're told when to when to wake up, when to go to bed, what to do, right? yeah. et, cetera, et cetera, how to do it, right? Yeah. Like you thought you knew how to eat, but you don't. <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing, right? Yeah. So. So did that, went to the advanced infantry, right? So then we did that, and then airborne for three weeks. And then on the day I graduated airborne, the guys from the ranger training program up the road came down. Mm-hmm. And that's when, that's when it got real, sort of. Really? Uh, <laughs> that's, when, that's when it was like, everything that I had done up until that point was just for fun. <laughs> now it was for real. Now and was, so, that was the most um, intense training of your life ever. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was also just to sh- like, this was a, a, a different level of dedication. So we started with about somewhere around 300 mm-hmm. uh, candidates. And three weeks later, we graduated, I think, somewhere around 97 or 98. <laughs> wow. So that's a, right. So, which is stand, I mean, that's a two thirds, yeah, you know, failure, a, a rate. failure rate. Yeah. So, You'd be an all-star in MLB. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, and a lot of that, most of that was guys just saying, you know what, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, and so. It, this is not what I signed up This for. is, well, or I thought I did, but now I don't. No, right? I don't. And and this is the part where you can, you don't have to fall, you don't have to, to do it. And so they would get reassigned to a different unit. Okay. But, okay. Uh, so I, I hung in there. Um, graduated what back then was called RIP, which was the Ranger Indoctrination Program. Okay. And then I was assigned, I was assigned to the 1st Ranger Battalion in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. And so that's where, um, that's where I went. 
and uh, was stationed, which is a good place to be stationed. Okay, so now you're there, and now you are part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yes. So tell me, you get shipped out. Yeah, where, so ended up first? well. So uh, go to Kuwait. Okay, and I was uh, so I ended up being transferred to a different to a, a, a more of a regular infantry unit. Okay, and they were already in Kuwait in the the late part of two thousand two. Okay, and already the gearing up for yeah. you know Iraq had already sort of begun. And yeah, so I was I around November I think of of two thousand two I went to Kuwait. And then March, uh, March of 2003 uh, went across the, the berm into Iraq. And you went to Baghdad? And then we was part of, uh, uh, we went up through the Western Desert and kind of hooked around and were one of the first units into, into Baghdad. Okay. Now, on my, on my notes here, I'll, I have this thing called Halliburton. And, I, you know, I, I would be remiss not to talk about Halliburton because you know, I had mixed emotions about this. And at first, I thought to myself, you know, it's got to be crazy. But then I hear all these stories about how everything that had to do with the logistics and operation of our military, the entire program, was run by this company. Obviously, there are subsidiary companies and all sure. that. But, I mean, there's got to be very few companies in the world, soup to nuts, that can do what these guys do, right? They're, mean, they're, your bathrooms, your mess halls, your everything, ev- everything right? So there were fully functioning towns, basically, out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> in, Sponsored by Halliburton. <laughs> out in Kuwait, right? Where it's a massive undertaking, right? So this every, is from, from food <laughs> all the way to yes. bullets? Yeah. I mean, it's, well, maybe not, you know, I don't know if it's bullets, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. definitely... Everything not hardware related as far as military hardware, right? Okay. So your buses, your trucks, your tents, your they cooks, do your transportation too. Oh sure. Okay. Yeah. When we talk about COVID, we talk about the spy balloon. We talk about the infrastructure. We talk about AI. We talk about all these things. That's war, if you ask me. Mm. That is war, Andy. 21st century. Yes. And that is, it's no longer going to be about killing human lives. It will be in some aspects in the way they do it, but I feel like it is more the disruption and creation of dissension because what, what more, what's the most important thing you can do to kill this country is kill Wi-Fi. You kill the Wi-Fi, you kill the cell network. What happens? We are done. Right? We've gotten so, yes, so used to it that. Then we cannot even exchange cash in our own society anymore. Think about this. Well, that's that's another. Yeah, uh, but but you know what I mean? We're so reliant on e, you know, e commerce, e everything. Which I think is is a bad idea. I do too. I mean, do we really want to be so app centric and so uh, digital centric that? Here's, I guess what I don't understand is until they change the, the dollar, mm-hmm. right, uh, to, to where it doesn't say that this note is legal tender yeah. for all debts, public and private. Yeah. Right? That's what it says. It says it on a... I mean, there's a loss, there are lawsuits. And there should, well, there should be. They're testing out. There's a lawsuit against Live Nation who, who has in, who's in contract with all of the different um, 
amphitheaters and stuff. Yes. Because there was a guy who at a at a concert, and I want to say it was like uh, Billy Strings or some concert, right? Where he was like, "No, I have legal tender, and I want to buy merch." Right. And he wasn't allowed to. And I because think, they took no cash, which is insane. And they say, "Oh, it's for for our employees' protection and yours." Yeah. Right. It's like. Or safety. Yeah. Don't you want to be safe? Yeah, but like, this is a bad trend. Yeah. To your point about like COVID and yeah. all of these things. To tie it into to the war aspect, war and COVID. Yeah. Are we're both are both what two sort of arms of the same beast in that they require the government to to fix them or to uh, execute the policy. Right? Yeah. In order to be successful. You need to trust yeah. the entity yeah. that's telling you what's going on. And so we've spent the last 20 years in a war in Afghanistan and Iraq uh -huh. in which everything that the government said sort of turned out not to be Not, exactly not to be accurate. true. Yeah. And then you have COVID yeah. that was a complete and utter junk show. Yeah, complete. So now true. what you've done, I think, personally, is that through those two seemingly unconnected yeah. things, what you've done is you've completely dismantled the trust that, that your average, well, no, most you, people, you, I think a, a lot of people are now looking at the federal government and saying, I can't believe anything that you say. Because everything that you've been saying uh -huh. turns out later is not true. And then we just move on to the next. We move on to the next lie, the next lie, the next one. And, and everybody, and you, they, if you lie hard enough, fast enough, frequently enough, Often enough. Yeah. Often enough, right? Like, you you never have to atone yeah, for the yeah, lies yeah. that you told a year ago because, yeah. like, everybody's forgotten because of all the ones you've told recently. And I think that there's a couple of things, too, that add on to that, and is that is the media before, okay, granted, news and its delivery used to come, and we just trusted it blindly. We had no reason to, but we did. Now, every piece of news or information you get comes from some biased source, right? Yeah. If you look at the way COVID was covered or the way any of these things are covered nowadays, you're going into your own individual niche echo chamber, yes. right? Which is, which is a bad development. I mean, look, we had this discussion once. You and I, Ashley, Lisa, look, we should be able to trade our phones because we all have the same friends on Facebook, right? We all have the same friends on Facebook. Yes. Our Facebook scrolls should be very similar. They should be. Should be. But if, if we switch phones, they're completely different. Do you know that? They're completely different. I mean, yeah, because, right, it's... It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yes, it's fed to, to maximize yeah. turnover and, and yeah. scrolling. And, and all scrolling and, and get you to do... And, you know, there was a time when people would pay, advertisers would pay for your attention, right? Because we want you to buy this stuff. Or we yes. want you to buy this. Now, they're not, they're not paying for that. What they're paying for is the ability, is every time you look at your phone, is the ability to, to influence your decision making. Right. They want to be able to change your mind over time. Yeah, and and so and it's not even necessarily the product. That yeah, sell. yeah, they're not trying to sell you something today. No, they're going to try to sell you something six months or a year from now, and then try to sell you everything twelve months. You yeah. know, way down. The line. Yeah. Um, 
how did COVID affect you, uh, your business, your experience? Well, my business at the time was retail. Yeah, and you and, had a brick and mortar store. And this I had a brick why, and mortar store. And this is why I asked. Uh, it ultimately uh, forced us to shut down because we were. Question, real quick though, did you see that coming prior to COVID with the online presence? No. Really? Okay. No. Because there's some people now who are sitting there going, "Oh well, we kind of saw it prior to COVID." I mean, no. No, okay. people, I mean, you can, look, people, people buy stuff yes. on the always. regular, right? Always. So it's always just a question of price, availability, right? And all of the, the sort of magic voodoo that goes into getting somebody to, to, to press. But I feel like COVID uh, changed things in the sense that no longer is there the need to go to the store and like hold it in your hand and buy it. Like no, true. Yes, I mean, right. E-commerce blew up, and, uh, and even and more than it had prior, right? Because right. people were stuck at home. Yeah. Now, but like, have you gone to Best Buy recently? They don't have anything in the shelves. <laughs> but I, I, I believe it. But it's, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where we go from here. And and I mean, if we all end up looking like goofballs wearing the <laughs> the Apple uh, Vision thing. Oh yes, uh, which just came out. You know, I. Because everybody's got thirty five hundred bucks laying around that yeah. they want to spend on goggles. But uh, you know what? I think that's just off a tangent here. I think that's a strategy on their point to create exclusivity. Oh sure, okay. yeah, right. We're going to price it. Uh, we're going to price it at three x. Yeah. So that now people are be like, oh, okay. Well, he has the cool one. You know? Yeah, but right. But when you can manipulate something in space, let's say, uh -huh. right, and you're, oh, you know, or you're going to you're going to try on, yeah. A shirt, and you're gonna you're it's gonna look like you're wearing the shirt, uh -huh. but you're not, right? <laughs> Do brick and mortar stores go away? I don't think so, because okay. at the end of the day, right? Like we want it. We're 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 animals that want to touch something and pick it up. And true, how does this feel, right? True, like you don't know what a shirt looks like. I mean, you you can see what it looks like on the internet, no, but, but when it shows you... up and you touch it or Try it on. Try it on, and all of a sudden, it's got one seam that rubs on your neck, and you're like, there's no uh, way in hell that I'm, I'm going to wear, wear this shirt, yeah, right? This like, shirt. no. Yeah. Like, there's, that can only be done through actual yeah. physical contact, right? But, but it, uh, it was, it was a, it, everybody, right, initially, let's say March of 2020, right? You think it's the Black Death, right? This is. This is it, right? I didn't like, take it seriously until they canceled the rodeo. Once they canceled the rodeo, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and, you know, but then, like, wait a minute. You're, you're, you know, you're telling me that I can't open my store? Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, what do you mean I can't? They were telling us you couldn't have Thanksgiving, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. And then, you know, but, well, I'm still, still paying rent. Yeah. But you're telling me that I'm not yeah. able to open my door. Right, like it became this sort of who's in charge, yeah. right? And and back to sort of the idea of the federal government and the, the fact that, or tying it in with what you're saying about you know everybody's own personal Facebook feed or, yeah. or where they get their news from, it's going to be hard to move forward as a nation if everybody's got their own personal news feed yeah. and your news is different than my news and that we're was getting the 2020 told election. Right, and so it's like if something comes out of this person's mouth, then it's 
got to automatically be wrong. Yeah. And now I have to take the other side of it for no other reason. Well, he said it. Yeah. So now and you have a hundred people in your echo yeah. chamber telling you. And so the idea, right, when people were kind of like, well, you know, there is this sort of institute in Wuhan where they work on coronaviruses. Like, yeah. it's possible that there was a lab leak. Yeah. I mean, they specialize in, in this exact type of thing. And they've been working on these for like 20-something years. I mean, this is why it, this was 19. Yeah. yeah. Right? Or 19. So it's like, huh, that does seem like, no, 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 no. Right? That's, it's, it's, that's, not only is that a wrong idea, yeah. it's, you, it needs to be stopped. Right? Like this idea of stopping, quote, unquote, misinformation yeah. or disinformation. It's a very dangerous idea, right? Of. But look what it's done. Look, look what it's done on just on two things that are very personal to me. We have a close family friend who owns a travel agency. His bread and butter wasn't families going on vacation, right? It was business travel. Okay. That's never coming back. Gone are the days got, <laughs> these guys gone from Monday to Thursday. You know that yeah. movie Up in the Air yeah. with Clooney and all that? Those days are done. Most corporations are not back to that. No. Now, you do have some travel, yes. There are some things that are important. But now, Everything that has changed and it's not coming back. Not right? yes, not at the not nowhere near probably the levels that it was prior. And then secondly, prior to the pandemic, if you ever came up to this office, okay, if you came up to this office at any time during the day, this place was filled to the brim, two ring circus, phones ringing. I was here dressed up every day from nine, well maybe nine thirty yes. <laughs> to, to like six o'clock. Now we're half in, half out. Right. Our work still gets done, but we're never getting back to that. We're never going to get back to a time where we need everybody back in the office. And thus, we are looking down the barrel of a commercial real estate bubble, bubble slash like, bomb slash gun ready to go off of. Dude, these buildings are all empty. Yes. Nobody needs office space. No, and Houston is actually better than it is right now in San Francisco or in New York. Or yeah, well, somewhere we're, we're, where, we don't charge X million dollars per square feet, you know. Well, I mean, but look, you know, I think I saw something just the other day where over 30% of commercial real estate in like San Francisco and New York right now is empty. That doesn't surprise me at all. Like that's think about all of the different buildings. That doesn't surprise 30% me. Thirty percent is a lot. So and so you know, and then what? A couple of um, hotels in San Francisco just they the guys they walked away from the lease. Oh wow! They'd rather pay the penalty of walking away then than pay the rent pay the and rent. Uh, and keep them up until the lease expires. That's insane because you know you've got we have office buildings here in Houston that I know only have two tenants. They're four-story buildings with two tenants. Yeah. And they're not going to get leased. No. Nobody's no, they're leasing. not. And I met a fellow that he's retrofitting office buildings, 30-story office buildings into condos. Now, that, you want to talk about an expensive undertaking. I yeah. think about an office building and the way and that the it's, it's set up, yeah. and where the bathrooms are and the elevators and all of the yeah. way an, uh, an office floor yeah. would be set up. Now you're going to convert that floor into, into, let's say, four units. Yeah. Think about all of the stuff you would have to do to rearrange the plumbing, the, the plumbing, the, yeah. the kitcheningning, the, all of the stuff to yeah. do that. And people are doing that because it makes more financial sense than to try to lease it out as, as a office. building. Oh my God. That's unbelievable to me. But, so, it's, but it's obvious. 
right? It, it seems obvious. We're we're cruising at light speed for follow-on effects that nobody has really planned. And here's the worst part about it, and it kind of ties into all of this stuff is, I truly believe trust in the media. When we were growing up, I believed what Dan Rather said. I yeah. believed what Peter Jennings said. I was a Jennings guy. There was something yeah. about Peter Jennings. Yeah, me too. I, I was a Jennings I guy. To. Yeah, I was a Jennings guy myself. <laughs> but like we we believed what they said. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, it feels like every news outlet has an agenda and they're on some side. And honestly, when I watch it, I don't know whether or not I trust it. Right. And so what how do you how do you fix that? Right? How do I don't you know? Because I feel like the only true, authentic, independent sources are all way off the deep end. They're out there, but you have to, I feel like the problem is now, is you have to consume so much more media Mm -hmm. in order to distill uh, the facts into a coherent sort of view, Uh right? Where... It used to be, yeah, you tune in at 5.30, or you watch, you know, yeah, Channel 13 or whatever yeah. at, at 5. You got Dave, then, some Dave Ward. Yeah, Dave Ward <laughs> and, <laughs> and Sheriff Fryer. Yeah. They're going to tell you what's happening in H-Town yeah. today, and then you're going to hang around for Peter Jennings, and he's going to give you a quick hit of what's happening, happening in, in the world. In the world. So you blocked out an hour. Yeah. And you were good with it. And you were you felt pretty confident that yeah. you had a general grasp on what was going on. Yeah. And if you wanted more, you went to Nightline. Right? Yeah. Right? You stay up past the, the ten the ten o'clock news and wait for yeah, wait for nightline. All right. Well uh, as we get closer towards uh, to wrapping this stuff up, we've got a couple more things I want to talk about here. Chat GPT, I know I brought this up to you. AI. Have you had any chance to play with it? Not really. Okay. I, I've seen a lot of, like, I guess what other people have done. Okay. Um, it's 100% immersive. That's the thing I'm going to tell you. And when I tell you as, and this, this is something that for me, when I got into it, I'm so glad I'm kind of getting into it at 47 versus 27 kind of thing, just to go sure. back to that. Because when I got into it, it's scary. <laughs> No, here, here's, a, here's something, that interesting story. It just came out. I don't know if I sent this to you or not. There was a lawyer who had a brief, okay, that was due. This was in the New York Times. And the lawyer used ChatGPT AI to write his brief, okay? And the brief came up with all these legal citations, like, you know, Mr. X versus Southern Airlines, whatever, uh-huh. whatever, whatever. Now, he turned that in. The other side could not authenticate one of his citations. And you know what? ChatGPT made him up. And now he has a hearing. It was actually today. He has a hearing throwing himself at the mercy of the court saying, I did not intend to deceive. Whereas the court is sitting there saying, hey, wait a minute. This is the first time I've ever had a brief turned in with fully fake citation. (laughs) I mean, you could do that on your own. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, you could be at Johnson versus yes. Sullivan, yeah. Maryland, nineteen oh three. Yes, yes. And like Texas Southwest Report. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, man. It doesn't matter. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, this. But this is super not... scary because, like, I don't even think we understand the grasp of it. Like right now, there's a Writers Guild strike. Okay. Yes. So if you think about what is ChatGPT going to do, how how is it going to affect Netflix? How is it going to affect Apple? How is it going to affect Google? Hey, man, these things can write screenplays for you. I told you, I wrote the screenplay for Rocky where he doesn't lose all his money. And it spit out Rocky, the rise of the champion. 
Now, like, what's the argument for these writers? That, because, you know, the studios are going to say, I don't, we don't need you anymore. We, what we're going to do is feed our ideas into chat GPT, yes. get a basic framework, and then and use, then our, can, our, use yeah. our own guys to edit it or edit whatever. It. Yeah. Re chop it up. Yeah. And, and, and now and, that yeah. AI becomes, I mean, that, it, that proprietary info or the story becomes property of the studio. It's no longer belonging to the writer. Yeah. So now what does the writer do? I don't that know. Comedians have been using it. I, I realize that kids are using it for their homework. Well, sure they are. Yeah, but like this is it's 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 crazy. It's and we there's got to be some way we're going to be able have to corral it because, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, just the scope of it, the the applications that we can use it for our business are insane. Oh yeah, like I would never turn in anything to the court <laughs> from ChatGPT personally, but you know. Well, but it's we better start thinking about the parameters and the 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 guardrails of what AI is going to be allowed to do. Because, right, I mean, we're already, I mean, we're already at a point, yeah, we're already at a point where, you know, it's, it's funny to think that the, the sci-fi movies that when we were kids are starting to show themselves to be fairly, yeah. uh, almost accurate. Accurate, I mean, yeah. You know, but I mean, like, right, Space Odyssey, you know, how, right? Yeah, how, how, yeah, how, is, how yeah. Like what was uh, the other one? Uh, you know, the, Terminator, the, right? What was I mean, the, the um, other guy? Moon Man on the, the Moon, the Sam Rockwell. Yeah, where he where, where he, he had the Herda system or the Berta system. Remember? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where he was the clone. Yeah. Yes. Right. What where, was that name of that moon? moon. I think it was called Moon. Moon. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, what happens when without without some sort of safeguard ai will be within the i mean next... is it skynet does it become skynet? i think it, it i think it does become skynet i, I mean i have that I fear don't too because right if 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 it's operating in a if it has no moral system to to pump the brakes as it were but it, even even if you built in a moral system it, 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 it there's will always out, outthink a moral system yes, it will Could, find ways to circumvent it that because morality doesn't equate with lo logic no Right? No, they're two different things. They're two different things. And Which, they're mutually independent. Yes. You know? Yeah, right? I mean, you can justify all sorts of stuff from a logical point of view. Yeah. But... And it may make sense logistically and logically. But, but, but right? morally, uh, it morally, doesn't. Morally, it's it wrong. It doesn't. Or it can be wrong, right? You know, so, does AI... Will we have the ability to have AI understand the, like, that there's some quotient to a 30-year friendship? You know, like when making a decision, or is it going to be straight, three in this hand, two in the other, buy for a dollar, sell for two? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Where else there is this other component that, you know, you don't have a quotient for it. Well, what happens when, let's say, through interconnectivity or whatever, two rival AI systems bump into each other? I think we've already dealing with that. I think we're, if you don't think that the other countries like China and all of these other countries don't have their own AI and they're not working them into their systems. Well, I mean, but what about even intranational, right? That where, scares where it's me. Like, FBI, I mean, CIA it, stuff inside <laughs> the United States of America, right? Yeah. You could have you could have two completely independent systems bump into each other, and what do you do when two when two of those systems have have beef? <laughs> right? Like, what happens then? You duck. <laughs> Man, I, I have a feeling you might want to get out of the way. You might want to. And we are going to, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate. And I have to be here sooner rather than later. We might as well want to 
prepare ourselves for yeah it. yeah yeah i mean i don't want to join a militia in montana but you know i do want to i do i, I am scared about where this technology is taking us yeah maybe um maybe there's going to be something to be said for uh places where you can get no signal <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right so we talked a bunch about a bunch of serious stuff let's uh let's do some quick hitters here real quick okay all right all right Give me your ideal golf foursome, dead or alive. Dead or alive. And I understand that I'm the honorary fifth, so you yes. got three okay. people to choose. So I don't have to include you. you no, know, you don't fourth. have to include me. Yeah, that's it's a hard one. Um, I think it'd be uh, interesting to do uh, maybe John Elway. Okay. Uh, Richard Burton. Okay. All right. Roger Moore. Okay. And. Uh, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah, because you're playing. You're playing with. Six, you, see the difference between dinner and golf. When they say the golf thing is, you got five hours with them, right? Yeah. Okay. I'd be interested to hear. Uh, you know. So for me, I would pick obviously with you, my honorary fifth. I'm taking Bill Clinton, Tiger Woods, because <laughs> you're with them for five hours, and probably someone like. Uh, I don't know, Russell Peters or Chris Farley. Yeah. Something like that. Somebody funny? Somebody funny, yes. Yeah, well, maybe Osama's off the, off the team. <laughs> okay, I know this. You're a big fan of movies. I'm a big fan of movies. You're going to dinner. You've got five, four to five dinner guests. Oh. They have to be movie characters, though. Ah. You are dining with these movie characters. Okay. Um, Anybody from all your movies. Well, I'd have to say, right? Uh, uh, I mean, even I mean, Simon Gruber. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I bet Hans would probably be a really good, interesting, you know, we talk about men's fashion all day. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I said Roger Moore for golf, but I think, I think, yeah, so James Bond, uh, Roger Moore's portrayal of oh, James, James Bond, Bond okay, fair would enough. Be, uh, would be a He'd good be one of your dinner yeah. guests, yeah. Uh, Jack Aubrey, who okay. is uh, Russell Crowe from Master and Commander. I yes. Think, uh, he'd Fantastic. be a great uh, dinner guest, a guy who likes to have a good time. Um, man. I think uh, George Patton from Patton. Okay. George C. Scott is, uh, Fair enough. is his portrayal of, of Patton. And, um, man. I don't know if there's much room left. If How about John McClane? Oh, uh, John McClane. I mean, he'd be invited, but uh, he wouldn't make it. <laughs> he wouldn't make it, right? Like, uh, I mean, some some terrible uh, events would would happen to him on the way, and uh, he would he wouldn't make it. But uh, yeah, I guess that would be my. So I I gave this some thought too, since I was asking the question, and I thought to myself, I would love John McClane, love to have dinner with Axel Foley. Oh man. Also, um, Tommy Boy. Oh yeah, you gotta have yeah. Tommy Boy. You gotta have Tommy Callahan. Boy. Tommy Callahan. Tommy, Co Tommy, Tommy Callahan from Sandusky, Ohio. Uh huh. And uh, I'm trying to think who did I have as my uh, gem from the town <laughs> from Southie from Southie. <laughs> Maybe Will Hunting. <laughs> oh, oh my God, that was great. That was great. All right, couple more. Last one. These are some good ones. Mount Rushmore of Houston Astros. And I know this is good. We could probably go an hour on this. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, this is, 
you're hitting close to home now. So Mount Rushmore is four. Four, yeah. Okay. So uh, Craig Biggio. Undoubted. No doubt, right? That's a no doubter. Uh, I think there's one more no doubter on there, and he currently plays. Yes. His name is is Jose Jose Altuve. Altuve. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, that guy. I mean, he's already on there, and we still have so much more. Yeah. No. So those guys are no doubt. Then I think it's the second two that become a bit more become a little bit depending tough. on where your your real loyalties are, right? Like yeah. I I think I I have to say Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Um right. Nolan, I mean, I don't like sharing him with that other team to the north. Uh, yeah. But I mean it is what it is, right? I mean, he was he was the guy for for a long time, right? Yeah. Um and so uh He's, you know, I'm happy that I got to see him. Yeah. Pitch. And then, right, it's the last spot that I, I, it's, I want to say, I want to say Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. And it probably is Jeff Bagwell. If I, if have, you're being honest with yourself. If I'm being honest with myself, I think, yeah. I mean, it, it, I have other guys that are sort of sentimental favorites, mm-hmm. but I think if you just say, like, what a guy means to, uh, what a guy means to a team and, and to, to our team yeah. and to, to our town, then I think you have to put Bagwell on there. All right. All right. So for me, I, I, the first three were, were fairly simple. I feel like Bagwell, Biggio, they have to be in there, the first two Hall of Famers, Altuve. And if you notice, with the three of them, they were all Astros all the time, right? Dude? Yes. Okay? Yeah. So there. So there. So now I struggle with the fourth one, and I felt like I needed to have some pitching. And I'll be honest with you. Like, I love me some Nolan Ryan. But, like, he made a lot of bones before he came to us, and he made a lot of bones after he came to sure, us. You sure, know? Yeah. And he was there with us for just a little bit. But there's just so many guys that, do they reach that Mount Rushmore status? Does Roy Oswald get there? I mean, he's close. He's, I mean, he's, he's I mean, certainly, he's, he's, he's certainly. Low. I mean, those were six great years, man. I, I mean, mean, yeah, we gave him a bulldozer. Yeah, we did. We gave him a bulldozer. Yeah, right. actually, nine years. Oh, one to ten. Yeah, no, or eleven. I mean, also, he was, you know. Or do I give it to my favorite? You know, Billy Wagner. Billy the Kid. But he played for a bunch of other teams too. Yeah, you know. He, I mean, he was a product of our system. our farm farm system. Yeah. You know? And then there's guys like you said yesterday, Mike Scott, Chao Cruz, Cedeno. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Jimmy Wynn. There's an argument for Jimmy Wynn, although we don't, we didn't play with him. I mean, we didn't watch no, him. You no, know, we that, didn't was watch way, him. that was, you know, that was way we, before us. We didn't us. watch him. We didn't watch him. I mean. I mean, you can make an argument for Clemens. <laughs> I, can, I, I, I appreciated his time. Yeah, man. you can make it for Frederick. There was no one better during his time here, too. Pretty solid. You know? So. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've, you know. We've had it pretty nice. I would yes, and it's it's a it's a good it, the last few years. Ken Giles, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Ko Ken, Ko Ken, or who was that guy that we both hated? Carlos Gomez. Oh, <laughs> he was one Soto light. That guy drove me insane. Yeah, well, Carlos Lee. Carlos Lee. Although we loved ourselves from Carlos Lee <laughs> when we signed him, you know. So. All right, last question. We'll end it on this. Death row. Mm. What's your last meal? You know, I'd like to say something fancier. 
No, it's your last. No, I know exactly what I want. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. At the end of the day, I am the absolute living embodiment of a steak and potatoes man. Okay. Right. Like I, I've I've had wonderful meals all, all over the place, different yeah. types of cuisine, this and that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I like steaks. And I like potatoes in all different ways that they come. Oh, fantastic! So uh, with a yeah, with a bottle of uh, something you know, something really good, red. Uh, very nice. A strong very, very red nice. of some kind. Yeah, for me it'd be Indian buffet, and we call it the day. Yeah. <laughs> all you can eat because this is going to take a while. We gotta we gotta wait, right? Yeah. I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for more Papa Dom. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to postpone things. Well, hey man, this was fantastic. Yeah, dude. This and we, is, and uh, we definitely need to do it again because there's so much more that we could obviously sit here and talk about. Well, I'm excited to sort of see where you take this uh, experiment of yours. Yeah, I, I like it. I enjoyed it. It was a lot more fun. I was a little bit nervous to begin with. I'm not gonna lie, but hey. Well, then I was right. I was the right choice. You were the definitely the, sort right, of, uh, the right choice. This was know, awesome. Give it a give it your first shot. This is awesome. I can't no, thank I you enough. I appreciate you having me. Can't thank you enough for being the first guest on the Around the Bar podcast. I love it. All right. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.